The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ben Wyland is speaking with us. He is a singer, songwriter, performing, and recording artist. He's here to talk about his album debuting in the year 2020, People Say. A key part of the story of this album begins in London, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, Ben, where are you at the moment? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, California. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ben. So, how long have you been in L.A.? Moved to L.A. probably about four years ago, and it's been a bizarre and meandering journey since then till now. So, yeah. And was it music or... What was it that brought you out there? Oh, yeah. It's, it's always been music for me. I've never... Uh, when I went to college in New York, lots of my friends got, you know, regular... I get put in quotes, regular jobs. You know, they worked at banks and you know, marketing agencies. And I immediately knew that was not my path. And so that was a little concerning because I, I think everybody around you is doing a particular thing. And you're deciding that you're doing something that's the opposite of that. So it was a little nerve wracking. But yeah, I always knew that music was, was the path for me. And so I just decided to go for it without really thinking much about it at all, if I'm honest. And where are you from originally? Born and raised in New York on Long Island in a town called Oceanside. You know, a little small town. Not, not much to write home about. It was great. I loved growing up there, but. You know, it, it's interesting because now that I live in L.A., I meet lots of people and they're like, oh, you know, my dad uh, was a record producer. My dad was an actor. And when I was in my, growing up in my town, people would be like, my dad is an insurance adjuster. Or my dad, like no one, no one's parents was were music producers or actors or screenwriters. That, that was a very foreign thing for me. So that when I moved to L.A., that was like, whoa, I can't. Can't imagine a world growing up like that. It was very foreign. Was it intimidating to go out to L.A.? Did you go out there with confidence? What were you feeling? I think, you know, I'm, I'm 27 now. So I moved here when I was 23. And I think more than anything, I was just super pumped. I was really excited to to be going anywhere. I, I, was, I was in a band at the time. And we got an opportunity to like move in with my old bandmates family. And it was just like, it came out of nowhere. And like, I would have gone anywhere probably. You know, if someone asked me to said, Hey, you know, I've got a, I've got a house that you can stay in and wear in Omaha, Nebraska. I've been like, cool, let's do it. You know, I was just ready to leave New York and get away from the world I was accustomed to. Because I think I was looking to start something brush with a new headspace. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you started to write. How did you learn how to write songs? Ah, uh, well, I had great teachers and the teachers are Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen and Paul Simon and Neil Young and Chris Martin and John Mayer. I learned by, you know, copying my heroes to start with. And I think you know, when you start doing that, you just do a, a worse job at your heroes, at their thing. So it's like if I try to copy a Beatles song, 
I just write like a really mediocre sounding Beatles song. And I think over time, like the blend of, of all of those songwriters, you know, I, there's a little bit of the Dylan and a little bit of the Paul Simon and they all rub off just a little bit. And over time kind of just develops. And I think people don't, I think people think songwriting is like this innate thing. But in my opinion, I think songwriting is a craft. Like it, it requires like constant work every single day of doing it. I think there's a quote by David Crosby that I've always identified with and I love. He said, people always call me a great songwriter, but I've been writing songs for 30 years. So of course I'm good. If I fixed pipes for 30 years, I'd probably be pretty good at that too. And I think people don't think of songwriting that way, but I think that's, that's an appropriate way of thinking about it. <laughs> that's really interesting. Now, how would you say, what would you say the effect of, you listed all of these writers, Paul Simon, Bob Dylan, what was the effect of listening to all of this stuff? What did that do for you? Oh, man. I mean, these are like my ultimate heroes. I, I was lucky that I had, I was introduced to these artists at a very young age. My, I have three older siblings and my parents loved music. My whole family loves music. And so I was, I was fortunate to, to be exposed to these artists from a young age. And I think when I was younger, I was really drawn to the melodies. But I think more when I was like a late teenager, I started to really delve into the catalog of all the artists. Like, you know, everybody knows Bob Dylan like a Rolling Stone, but like he's got like 25 albums and a lot of them don't have hits. And when you really start to listen to those records, like the things that they're saying, are, are they're telling a story that you see yourself in. And I think that's really what always drew me to songs was that the best songwriters can articulate something that everybody is feeling, but they just don't know how to put it into words. But Bob Dylan seems to do a better job of doing it. He says it better than you can say it. And if you, you know, write a great song to me, that's, that's the mark of a great song. When people feel like they they hear those lyrics and they're like, this was written for me. Well, we have an added and beautiful benefit on this special episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, and you're going to perform a song for us. Amazing. Tell us about it. The song, it's called People Say. Yes. So People Say is, um, is definitely a little bit, has some, some useful angst in it. For, for I think it was written in the context of like watching all of my other friends and everybody in my life watch them get like jobs that I, I, I don't think they were really enjoying or they weren't choosing the jobs because they loved it. They were choosing it just because like it was a paycheck. And I, f I felt like so many people I know had so much more potential to do other things, but you know, it takes a lot of courage to be a starving musician. I think, I think it's hard to do. And I've met other people who are dreamers and you know, the road is never easy. And I think this song is just about like human potential. You know, it, it's, it's limitless, but sometimes there are people out there who are going to tell you that you can't do it and that, oh, you're wasting your time or that, oh, you, you know, you're, you're going to end up a failure. And I think this song is kind of like my response to that. You know, they're, they're, we're capable of so much. Like, 
we should go find out what what those capabilities are, not keep them hid. All right. Well, let's hear it. Cool. Friends, they rise for work each day They take the morning train Never running late Staring at their screens, they fade away They take a coffee break Just to stay awake Don't you know there's more to life Than working all the time As the evenings fade People say we're wasting all our time Searching for things we were meant to find But that's all we have so I don't mind Say we'll lose a future some for living life while we are young. Well, it's nice to say I'm the happy one. Father told me, son, don't make mistakes that I have made back in my day. But as I look upon his wearied face, it speaks of all the places that he never stayed. Don't you know there's more to life than working all the time? As the evenings fade People say we're wasting all our time Searching for things we were meant to find But that's all we have, so I don't mind People say we're some for living life while we are young Well, it's nice to say I'm the happy one Find. It's 
Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you doing that. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. I hope I, I, hope I did all right for you. <laughs> Thank you. So is inspiration something that you, you find yourself seeking, or do you wait for it to come to you? How does that work? You know, inspiration is one of those games that I've, I've never been able to figure out quite exactly how it happens. You know, some, sometimes I'll be in the shower or... I'll be walking and a melody will pop in my head and it's like, I feel like it's something if I don't grab out of the sky and capture immediately, it goes away. So I, it's, it's so elusive to me, even though my whole life and career is based upon being inspired. But I, you know, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm really um, feeling like I need to be inspired and I need, and I need to uh, figure it out, I think what I like to do is watch like a, uh, you know, commencement addresses on YouTube, like Steve Jobs talking about, you know, how you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards, things like that, like the, like the TED Radio Hour. Interesting. Now, I'm hoping that you can tell us at the very beginning of the interview, I was kind of foreshadowing a little bit, but a lot of the story of this record, it has to do with you going over to London. Tell us about that. Oh, man, that was such an amazing experience for me. Yeah, so I, I, what happened was I went to London to go write songs. I, I, I write songs for other people as well. And when I was there, I ended up doing a session with this guy named Danson Supple, amazing record producer, produced Coldplay X and Y, which is one of my favorites among many others. And we just really got along. We wrote a nice song together and he, after the session was like, Oh, I think we should, you know, look to do something, EP, a single, uh, you know, a record if we can. And I was just immediately excited about that. I'd never made a, a proper record before, just on, on my own, an expression of my own art. And so I went out to London for like three, four months and I just was a stranger in a strange place. And I really loved it. I, I thought it was the, the anonymity of, of being foreign and not knowing where things are was so exciting to me, much the same way as when I moved to L.A. It was just a new experience for me. And I think new experiences, to get back to the inspiring point you made, new experiences are always inspiring. Like that brings out so many songs because of, when you're being challenged in new scenarios is making you think about new things so I, I was really excited to be in london and it was such a joy to be able to turn the world off and make art every single day for 15 hours in an environment which is just pure creativity everything was encouraged like try anything hmm. who knows if it's going to work what is your most vivid memory from being over there in london 
My most vivid memory. It's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, I think one of the, so I guess what I was saying was when you, you know, you write songs, it can be a very solitary process, the writing process. But when you're recording your song, you know, maybe, maybe not if it's a solo piano number, but if you're recording a song, you know, it requires other musicians and other human beings to bring that song to life. And so on the record, six of the songs, there's there's like a string section on them. And I remember Audrey Riley, who did the string, she came in and she had them all written out neatly in a score, which to me is very foreign because I don't read music. And so that in and of itself was crazy to see my name and my song on a piece of paper and then see like it written out in notes for, you know, cello, which was strange. And then I think then they start, you know, recording the string parts on your songs. And it's, it's it like immediately, you know, brings those songs to life in a new way. And I'd never had that before. I'd never had a string section on, on one of my songs before. And that was just, it was visceral, the experience, watching it happen and hearing it happen live. And, you know, it, it was almost emotional just to, to see like, wow, I can't believe that, like, this is my song and these incredible musicians, these classically trained, you know, cello players and viola players are, are putting their imprint on it in such a special way. So that was really cool. I know you're introducing this album a little at a time. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think we live in a very strange musical time. And I felt like, for me, I've always grown up listening to, to records. You know, e- even still, I grew up in the 90s. And even then, like, I still bought like a CD in the store and like played the whole CD. And if I didn't like a track, like maybe I skipped it. But like for the most part, I listened to every song on the album. And I think today there's a growing culture of of lack of attention span in people. Like very, very rarely do I hear people comment, oh, that new album is so amazing. They're talking about, oh, that song is great. And I think for me, I wanted, you know, each song put such a vivid role in the story. So I wanted people to to hear each song as it was happening. And rather than doing what a lot of other artists do, which is they release the singles first, like with the, the, the quote unquote, the, the hits or the best song from the record. I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if I released my record track by track exactly in the order that it, they are on the, on the track listing when you, when the vinyl is released. And I thought it would be, in, it, it, it's really an experiment to see like it, to give people one piece of the story, one piece at a time and hoping that they'll enjoy that and they'll consume the record in that way. So when the whole record's released, there'll only be one logical way to listen to it, which is from start to finish. Very clever, Ben. Everyone can go to benwyland.com. That's W-Y-L-E-N. Ben, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Any parting words, anything you'd like to say before we go? Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I guess my, my only parting words to anybody listening out there is, um, is to find whatever it is you're great at and do it. The world needs you to do that. Very good. Well spoken. Thank you, man. Well, Ben, thank you again. Thanks for playing for us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Paul. 
All right. Until next time. All righty. Be well. Bye-bye. Boobopery, boobopshy, geenapetilaxikapapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootikipapootik